Oh my God, I'm chilling. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? What up? Hey everyone. Hey everyone, it's me, Rachel. <laughs> and Rebecca, people are the worst. If you're new, thanks for joining. You're killing it. You're doing great. Okay, real quick, I just want some shouts to new patrons, Christy, Catherine, Clay, Sophie. What up? Oh, I didn't know we had that. Hey, I guess hey, I'm going to check my emails. Uh, my people are the worst emails. That's where we get notified about patrons. So happy to have you. Thank you so much. Um, so happy. Clay, I thought you already were one, but whatever. She's like our childhood Buffy, y'all. Oh, I didn't know it was that, Clay. Hey, Clayton. <laughs> Perfect time to sign up, patrons, new patrons, because... Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good segue. We are, like, restructuring our Patreon, I guess, or just adding to it. We think y'all deserve more, so um, I, we don't know what that looks like yet, but there's going to be more bonus stuff, more episodes, maybe shorter episodes. You'll see. We'll figure it out. We will let you know. We yeah. promise. Yeah, the only thing we do know at this point is that you will be getting more. For real, dog. Also, just so you know, we wanted to take a month off of <laughs> September, which we are not doing anymore. Nothing yeah. is, we know, we're growing every month. Nothing is going to get in the way of that. Not even, not even my having this baby. <gasps> Wiley, you can't call the shot. He thinks he can just bounce into this world and start calling the shots. Oh, he thinks just because he's the soft little chunky baby, he can do whatever he wants. And he can't because we're not stopping. <laughs> yeah. Jokes on him. You or anyone else, Wiley. Um, no, I'm just Jokes gonna... really on Rebecca. So real shout to you. I no can't. Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want But praise. she's happy to do it. <laughs> no, I am happy to do it. And that hopefully in the month of September, I actually won't be research doing the work because if he's anything like my first newborn, it was I was up for 30 days straight. But that means we're just going to bust our ass between now and then, you know. Yeah. Waking up at four. I think we're recording at 3.30 or 4 on Monday morning or something. Mm -hmm. Tuesday. Tuesday. Can't wait. That'll be a bonus episode, by the way. Speaking of, again, that's a bonus. Yeah, so we're excited. But um, yeah, we've grown every month, and we don't want to do anything to tarnish that. Tarnish? Yeah. Tarnish. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Speaking of, and we may cut this because it sounds so braggy, but I'm genuinely curious. If you started listening around July 11th <laughs> and or 12th, where did you find Why? us? <laughs> because... <laughs> No, no. Welcome. No. And we are so happy. But I just looked at our um, like podcast host stats and we got big spikes yesterday, which was July 11th and today, July 12th. I'm just curious because podcasting so hard. We don't know where anyone's coming from necessarily. I mean, we have a link tree we can kind of see, but I'm like, where did someone mention us? Because I remember months ago, I was like, oh, a little spike. And then someone months later, I was like, I heard you on Bobby Bones. And I was like, what? Yeah, like, they're like Bobby Bones mentioned y'all, and I was like, "He did? What are you talking about? We had no idea." So like, 
Yeah. So if y'all heard us from somewhere like that, send it to, or let us message know. us, message yeah. us, whatever. Email people are the worst pod at gmail.com or message us on TikTok, Instagram, wherever. Um, just curious. Cause I was like, Whoa, what, what calls this? Yeah. And we are forever grateful, but yeah. Just we just like to know, listen, I'm in marketing analytics and I, I need to know stuff like this. Thank you. I'm not, I'm in podcasting and I just need to know stuff like this. Oh shit. You're right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's pretty much all I have and we can get into it. I am telling Rebecca about Julie Kibuishi and Sam Her. Thoughts, fears, concerns. Have you heard of it? Sam Her kind of sounds familiar, but I don't know. Let me know. LMK. Sources. Dateline. ABC News. CBS News. People.com. The Cinemaholic. And another source that I'll say at the end. I don't want to say it yet. I just don't. You'll see. Okay. Julie Kibuishi was born in Orange County, California, the third child of two Japanese immigrants. She had two older brothers, and she was one of those rare stories where doctors told her mom she was pregnant with a third boy, and they... And then she was born and it was like, oh, never mind. It's a girl. Oh, my God. That would be so shocking. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. What if that happens to you? It'd be exciting. I'd be happy either way. But how do they screw that up? Do you see a penis or not? <laughs> I know. Well, if the baby's position weird, you know, I don't know. Whatever. We know, we know twins that were um, hugging in the womb the whole time. So they didn't they knew they were having twins, but they couldn't tell the gender. No. Who? Me and you? No. Leslie and Jody. Is that true? I think so. Yeah. No. That's sad. (laughs) Leslie, I know you're a listener. You text me right now and tell me if that's true. I don't think so. Anyway, these days it's a blood test and you're not going to mess that up. Anyway, if you want one. In 2010, 23-year-old Julie was living with her parents but was a student at Orange Coast College. That's where she met 26-year-old Sam Herr. The two of them had an anthropology class together, and Julie ended up tutoring Sam for that class, and they became very good friends. Mm-hmm. Sam spent three years overseas fighting in Afghanistan and came back to start college. That's why he's 26. Why did I picture Sam a girl? I was thinking Samantha. Probably because yeah. her probably because her last name is her. There you Maybe. go. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But nope. Uh, he lived in an apartment complex that was right across the street from the college that wasn't officially student housing, but... A ton of students lived there. It was pretty much all students. Probably a constant party. You're friends with all your neighbors. It's a, they have a pool that you don't want to go 10 feet of when you're an adult. You know, mm-hmm. the sure. whole thing. Yeah. Sam was fun, very well liked, but secretly suffered from night terrors after coming back home. He told one other friend about it who was also a veteran. But aside from that, he like kind of suffered in silence with that. Oh, God. I know. On May 21st, 2010, which is our birthday. I wasn't going to say it because no one cares. <laughs> I know. Well, I remember that we put these on YouTube now and I'm like made a face. So I was just, you know, saying why. Yeah. On May 21st, 2010, Julie was at home with her parents and left to go over to her brother's house so they could have dinner and discuss his upcoming wedding plans. While she was there, her brother gave her a tiara and asked her to be a bridesmaid. Oh, <laughs> So cute. That is cute. She was obviously amped and was like, duh. The two had dinner and Julie told her brother that later she was going to talk to her friend Sam because he had been texting her all day asking her to meet up. 
She then noted to her brother that his texts were starting to become weird. For instance, one said, can you come over tonight around midnight alone? Going out for a bit, very upset, need to talk. Then he said, please, I guess she didn't answer. So he said, please, no sex, I need to talk to someone. And she responded to him, LOL, ooh, Sam, we're like bro and sis, no sex. Sam said, I'm hurting with some bad fam crap. I can't be alone. No sex. Please, I'm begging you as a brother. And Julie said, yeah, that's fine, (laughs) Sam. I'm here for you like family. Okay. (laughs) Stop talking about sex. I I need you like a brother. No sex. I'm like, ew. Okay. Stop talking about sex. I already knew no sex. (laughs) She left her brother's house and headed over to Sam's. When her mom, June, woke up the next day on May 22nd, Julie wasn't home. She texted her to check in, but got no response. Then she called her again, no response. So June called her son, and he told her about Sam's text from the night before and said that Julie left his house to go over there. June called her about 20 times throughout the day, and when it was approaching 24 hours since she had last seen her, she called the police. Of course, after finding out that she was 23 years old and in college, they were like, she's probably just at the bar. (laughs) No. <laughs> yeah, I Why is that the first go-to? When are they ever just at the bar? I wonder how many times they're missing for 24 hours. They've just been at the bar. Just drinking at a bar. So stupid. The whole time. The whole time. Interestingly, at the same time, Sam Her's parents were trying to get a hold of him. He was supposed to come to their house for the weekend and didn't show up on Friday. So they were calling him, and it kept going straight to voicemail, which was weird. So Sam's dad, Steve, drove over to his apartment to check on him. They only lived like 30 minutes away, but Sam was going to go stay the weekend. Mm -hmm. So Steve drives over to Sam's apartment. He gets to the apartment. Everything seems fine. He's calling Sam's name, but no one's answering. So he's walking around the apartment, and he gets to Sam's bedroom and immediately calls 911. (sighs) Okay, what's going on, sir? There's a body right from the apartment. There's a what? A body. A dead body. A dead body? Are you sure, sir? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> He's cold. Okay, hold on just a minute. Is it someone that you know, sir? Oh, I have no idea who she is. I don't know what's going on. Does your son know who it is? He's not here. Okay. Do you know where your son is? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Just keep breathing for me, sir, okay? Where in the apartment is she? She's in the bedroom. She's like, there's just some sexual activity. She's dead. There's blood. I'm going to hit her. Oh, my God. I, I do think I know this story. Just okay. So I think it was pretty clear. I cut it off because it's like two minutes long. I won't. Mm-hmm. But essentially... He's telling 911 dispatcher that there's a dead woman in his son's apartment. There looks to be some sexual activity that happened, and Sam, his son, is nowhere to be found. Mm. Costa Mesa police officers come to the scene and find Julie lying on Sam's bed, dead. Mm. She had been shot in the head. Her pants were pulled down to her knees, and on the back of her shirt, someone wrote, All yours, fuck you. (gasps) Oh, I don't remember that part. She still had the tiara that her brother gave her on. No. Oh, Angel. Julie's phone was in the apartment, and detectives saw the text that Sam had sent the night before, which obviously concerned them. Mm -hmm. 
Then they did a background check on Sam and became even more concerned. In 2002, when Sam was 18, he was accused of luring a man to a parking lot where a group of other guys jumped him and essentially beat him to death. Oh, my God. It was a gang-related incident. What is that? Is it, was he in a gang? Yeah. Oh, my God. Everyone was arrested, including Sam, and it went to trial. But while a lot of the other guys were, went to prison for murder, Sam was found not guilty. Oh. Four years later, he joined the Army, seemingly cleaned up his life, but still not a good look. No. And now there's a manhunt for Sam. He is number one suspect in Julie's murder. Mm-hmm. They asked his neighbors, Dan Wozniak and Rachel Buffett. They were a young, engaged couple who were very active in community theater. They told police that they last saw Sam on Friday, May 21st, and he was with a guy they didn't know wearing a black hat, but that's, like, really all they could remember that couldn't describe him that well. Sam isn't answering anyone's calls, and as they're investigating, asking everyone if they've talked to him, one of his friends, Ruben, said that Sam was a no-show to a beach party that Friday, and when he called to see where he was, Sam finally picked up and said, hey, bro, I'm busy. I can't talk. Hung up. Oh. A few days later, there was a $400 withdrawal from Sam's account at an ATM in Long Beach, which is like 20 minutes away. Oh, well, let's roll the footage, people. Don't worry. They do. Mm-hmm. Then his debit card was used at a nearby pizza place not far from the ATM. Police go to get the footage from the ATM, and it's not Sam. They didn't know who it was, possibly an accomplice who's helping Sam hide out. But they're amped that he's being very sloppy. Right. I'm sure they are. Oh, you can track ATM charges? (laughs) They stake out the ATM hoping the guy would come back, but he doesn't. They go to the pizza restaurant and ask about the person who bought this pizza. And one of the employees said he knew him personally and knew where he lived. Oh, okay. So, So police are like, great, give up that address. They start surveilling the house, and they're finally able to bust in there. And when they do, they find 16-year-old Wesley Freelich. He's sitting there with a bunch of friends. So they're like, get down on the ground, cuff them, cuff all the friends. They search the house. They don't find evidence of Julie's murder, but they do find Sam's debit card. Mm. Wesley tells them that his mom's friend, who was a bail bondsman, gave him the debit card and asked him to make the withdrawals because Sam owed him money. He even had the paperwork to prove it's perfectly legal, and this was a good way for Wesley to make some quick cash. Oh, my God. Hold on. Sorry. Wesley's mom's friend is a bail spot? Yeah, who he's known for a while. Wesley's mom's friend has some explaining to do. Yeah. So the bail bondsman gives Wesley the paperwork and instructions to withdraw a total of $1,900. Cops are loving the story. They're like, <laughs> it's a great sorry. tale to tell. They're like, great. That's great. Sorry. What's this guy's name? What's the bail bondsman's name again? And Wesley tells them it's Dan Wozniak. The neighbor. The community theater actor who lived next door to Sam. Mm-hmm. Now, Wesley is cleared. And Dan is who cops zero in on as helping Sam escape. On <sighs> May 26, 2010, They contacted Dan to come in for questioning. Only Dan couldn't because he was en route to his bachelor party. Bummer. Remember, he's engaged. He ended another one. What a way to put a damper on a batch party. Oh, my God. You've been looking forward to it for months. Mm -hmm. Now the cops want to interview me. You're like, this is a real inconvenience. Mm -hmm. 
So cops are like, oh, okay, no problem. And they show up at the bachelor party. <laughs> and they it all was, start dancing. They all start take, pulling out their ones. And they're like, oh, yeah. you're not a stripper. <laughs> yeah. So the cops get there. They're all taking shots. <laughs> it's a misunderstanding. Get lit. The bachelor party's in Huntington Beach, which is only like six miles from the apartment. So it's an in-town party. I think they're going to go like fishing the next day or whatever. Anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. not happening. So as Dan and his friends are at a bar drinking, I know, Dan, Dan and his friends are at a bar drinking and carrying on. Cops come in and arrest them because at the very least, they have them for potentially stealing Sam's debit card. Yeah. His wedding was supposed to be in two days. This was May 26th. His wedding was May 28th. Can you oh. imagine being that fiance? No. I'm pissed. Stressful. Uh-huh. During questioning, Dan admits that he convinced Wesley to withdraw the money, and he admits to helping Sam get away. He said he and Sam had been working on a credit card scam in which Sam was supposed to report the card stolen, Wesley would make the withdrawals, and then Sam would call the bank to get the money back, said they would end up with an extra 1900 bucks or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so Wesley was in on this? Yeah. I mean, I guess he was not from the get-go. It was just him and Sam's plan, but... They got this like unknowing minor to uh, probably yeah. he's do in it the for dark. like yeah he's in the door and they were probably like we'll give you fifty bucks yeah he's like sure Dan went on to say that the morning of Julie's murder Sam came to him saying he quote did something bad and admitted that he killed Julie he agreed to help Sam flee for a cut of the money hmm. but he said he had no idea where Sam was now. He then admitted that when the cops asked him early on if he had seen Sam and he said that he saw Sam with the guy that he didn't know with the black hat, that that was a lie. He did. He was like, that's not true. Okay. Police asked Dan for a DNA sample so they could rule him out. And he said he actually did go in the apartment and see Julie's body. So his DNA will probably be in there. And they're like, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) You saw her? And he said, yes, I saw her. I saw that she had two gunshots to the head. This was a huge red flag. Yeah, we have you on a lot more than credit card fraud. Well, no, mostly because when detectives initially found Julie, they only found one gunshot to her head. They, it, they only knew it was two after the autopsy. Oh, well, okay. Well, I stand firm out. We have you on a lot more than credit card fraud. Right. Well, the, so the fact that he knew it was to placed him there at the time of murder. Yeah. Sam's still number one suspect, but they're like, you're more than an accomplice Accom- to help him get away. You helped him murder. Right. During a jailhouse phone call with his fiance, Rachel, she told Dan that his brother, Tim, said that he had a backpack full of incriminating evidence that Dan told him to get rid of. Oh, Dan responded by begging her not to tell detectives that because he would, quote, be doomed. <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, my God. YouTubers can see that my eyes just cross because it blows my mind that people still don't know that those phone calls are recorded. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I can't. Oh In the call, Rachel actually reminds him this is being recorded. <laughs> Oh, my God, does he lose his shit? What does he say? Well, after the phone call, and that's probably why, Dan told detectives that he needed to talk to them. He sat down and said, I'm crazy. I did it. They said, what did you do? And he said, I killed both Julie and Sam. 
Sam. Yeah. Sam's a victim in all this. Yeah, he was painted as a runaway murderer. And his dad probably thought that. Dad was probably like, I don't know what my son did. He snapped. No, no. Oh, he really? knew it. He knew it from the jump. Everyone who knew Sam in this dateline was like, I knew from the get-go. There's no way because they had become such good friends. Like his parents knew Julie. They were like, everyone was like, no way. Which I know a lot of people do, especially if it's your kid. But he said, not not from one second, even with the gang stuff. He was like, no, there's no way. I don't care oh, that wow. he has a past. I know Aww. his dad's so sweet. Yeah. Earlier when I told you about his friend Ruben calling his phone and Sam answering saying, hey, bro, I can't talk. Yeah. I didn't mention this, but Ruben noted that it struck him as very odd because Sam never called him bro. So when he did that, he said, Ruben asked, who is this? And the person <sighs> hung up before, you know, obviously not answering that question. He was like, that was not Sam. <gasps> and that was Friday. But he was uh, just like confused. It, it was before any bodies were found, before Sam was missing any of that. So he was like, what? Oh, my what? God. I didn't realize. Is Dan? Clearly? Yeah, clearly. So to go for a bro, it's like the people who text the murderers who text from their victims' phones, like family members being like, hey, I ran away. I just need space. And they like talk in. They talk in code. Like they, they use acronyms that no yeah. one, you know. I'm like, That's a risky game. A bold but choice. A bold choice to go with if you don't know that they text like that. Or I think I would probably. be able to call it out, man. I think this ain't Rach. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's it. What's our safe word? And the moment you didn't respond to back, 911. Isn't safe word like sex related? <laughs> ew, ew. <laughs> Rach, you're disgusting. Come on. This our, is serious. Our, this is our, serious. <laughs> our secret code. Our secret code, safe word. You're disgusting. <laughs> Ew. That using things like bro when you're not really sure if the person talks like that. And also, why did you answer that yeah. call? Maybe you didn't mean to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of phone. Maybe it was like, shit. But then hang up. I, I'm not trying. This is not the podcast to help murderers get away with anything. I'm not sure. screwed up. But it's. I, I really want to know what goes on in your head. Right. Maybe he had it on his hand thinking it was his phone just out of like reaction, like uh -huh. a reflex. A reflex. Uh -huh. He just answered it and was like, shit, what do I want to do that? Yeah. Anyway, a little more about Dan. Dan could never hold down a full-time job. Money was a constant issue. He was two months behind on rent on the verge of getting evicted perfect and, time to get married let's propose to our girlfriend <laughs> that's exactly what uh, andy's paying for his wedding and honeymoon perfect so, sounds good he was constantly asking friends for money and then not paying them back which is he is in his early 30s but his fiance rachel's 23 so i imagine most of their friends are like twin in their 20s i'm like you're asking you're probably already broke friends for money i'd be like yeah. here's Five bucks? I don't... What do you need? Right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't give you much more than that. No. And no. I will hold you to it that you will pay me back. <laughs> right. You'll pay me the gas money that will take me to bring you this $5. Yeah. No, one couple in particular, I think, gave him 500 like, <gasps> well, Those were your richest friends, for sure. <laughs> yeah, in your 20s, for sure. 23 years old. In a casual conversation one day, Sam mentioned to him that he had saved up $62,000 from combat pay. And Dan's, oh. 
Dan's ears perked up. He didn't spend a dime of what he was paid for Afghanistan <gasps> and saved it all up. And Dan was like, oh, that's mine. Oh, my God. That entitlement is so bad. You didn't do shit for this country. So you just hang tight. My $62,000. Right. For combat. I'll kill you if you try to take it. You understand I'm trained, right? Yeah. God, that is so, that's terrible. God forbid you get a job. Right. My God. He paid his dues. For real. Jesus. You, You go fight for our country and you get your own damn combat pay. Right. My God. No, he was described as lazy and clearly um, didn't have to tell me that clearly entitled. So Dan finds us out and was like, love knowing that. And on May 21st, 2010, he asked Sam to come down to the community theater to help him move boxes. When Sam got there, Dan shot him, dismembered him, (laughs) stole his phone, and then dumped some of the body parts in a nearby park. That night, he performed in a play, then used Sam's phone to lure Julie over the apartment only to cover up his murder and make it look like Sam was unhinged and on the run. (gasps) Julie was like, total. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Oh, my God. She was completely collateral damage. Yeah. He just was like, I got to figure out which friend to choose. I don't know. Like, isn't that horrible? (gasps) And performing in a play. Yeah. Did he rape her? No. He just stays for a look like that? Yeah. Again, what a weird thing. No sex. Those texts, that was all Dan? Um, yeah. What a weird... A weird thing. Again, if you're trying to be someone else, they were good friends. Scroll up and look at their conversation. They don't talk about no sex before they meet up. Like, it's very weird. Yeah. But I think he was trying... I think it was, his goal was to make her think or make whoever ends up reading those texts think that he was like a little losing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably becoming unhinged. But what would, sorry. And he obviously Sam did not deserve to be murdered. Obviously. Right. But what, why couldn't, why did he have to kill Julie? I don't get it. Like, even if you kill Sam, dismember him, which is disgusting. The fact that you can do that, you would do that for 60 grand. And the risk of you spending your life in prison is just so weird. Just get a fucking job. Oh, yeah. right. But we think but, like normal people. Oh, I know. But like, why wouldn't the whole storyline be Sam ran away? Why did he have to kill Julie, make it seem like Sam killed Julie and then went on the run and then go to use his debit card? Like, you need to break that shit in half. Never use um, the debit card. What are you thinking? Uh, well, again, this is not the podcast for giving tips to people trying to get away with murder. But it I is the wanted... podcast to dog stupid criminals. Oh, sure. I think he wanted to add a different, an extra layer to the investigation. Sam wasn't just a missing person. He was on the run. He was a he's... murderer on the run. Like, you know what it is? He's a thespian. He's, he's all about the uh, drama. drama. He, he, and he thought he could act his way through an interrogation, anything. But mm-hmm. if Sam were missing and perhaps found murdered like they're going straight to everyone in his life his neighbors everything this like put dan dan wozniak way out of frame for them like they never suspected anyone else but sam being and yeah i mean anyone else but sam being responsible for julie's murder i mean i guess it kind of worked for the first half of this story (laughs) for four days for four days they were like oh what he wanted it or sorry yeah, for four days, they 
were very confident it was Sam. So it worked for four days. There you go. My God. So he did all that, dismembered him, then went to perform in a play. Like I said, you can YouTube that performance. He doesn't have a care in the world. He has he put, puts on a performance of a lifetime. It's called Nine. It was some musical. He was totally fine. And then after the play, I went home to Laura Julie. <gasps> oh, my God. Can you just post it for us? You'll post it for us. But the thing is, the, if you can dismember someone, go on a play, remember your lines, which means you're focused and not at all distracted about what you just did. Has he ever done this before? Not that we know of. And that's what shocked me. I'm like, your first crime ever, you dismember someone? Oh, I don't think so. God. It just really, yeah. He doesn't, no he didn't shot. have a police record and nothing. So police go to the park where Dan said he dumped some of Sam's body. Ew. And they found everything except his head and his hand scattered throughout the park. Oh, my God. Then they found Sam's torso in the attic of the theater where that <gasps> psycho performed that night. Ew. What was the plan? I don't know. The next day on May 27th, which would have been Sam's 27th birthday, they found his head oh in the park. <sighs> they never found his hand. Ew. Sam was given a hero's burial with full military honors. Oh. He was a war hero. Uh, yeah. Detectives recovered the backpack, which Dan's brother Tim disposed of by throwing it over the fence at his parents' house. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, get rid of this. And he's like, gay. And he throws it over the neighbor's fence. And he's like, like done. It's a garbage bag full of beer cans when his parents went out of town. Like, I'm like, That's I don't probably think... not what he meant. <laughs> burn it. Get rid of it. And he's like, true, like, done. It's definitely out of sight. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> They'll never find it. He's white picket fence with the. <laughs> There, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to blame the parents, but these brothers are idiots. Idiots, yeah, for and sure. Both horrible. Mm -hmm. And I'll, you'll you'll know why I say that about Tim too in a second. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Tim, but well, you're gonna know. Tim. He's willing to dispose of shit for his brother, so I just assumed he was a monster. Yeah, he is. And the backpack was the gun, Sam's bloody clothes, and Sam's wallet. Another source said it wasn't the gun. It was shell casings, but the other ones all said gun. So I'm just, I'm just saying if you do your own research, I'm addressing that it could be either. I'm mm -hmm. not 100, 100%. Mm -hmm. They also searched Dan's computer and found Google searches, how to hide a body and quick ways to kill people. Yeah, I got, come and on. I know. Did and you really so, need to Google that? Yeah. And so he ended up finding that it was a gun. Sure. Google's Talking like idiot. a gun, idiot. Oh my god! And again, googling it, but I'm whatever. We all know he's dumb. We'll stop harping on it. Mm -hmm. Dan's trial was in December 2015 and lasted only five days. Dan was found guilty of two counts of first degree murder and was sentenced to death at San Quentin. Oh wow! We'll get to where that stands later. But it's weird coincidence that yours mentioned this too. But I've had like four. Stories end in San Quentin, so. Yeah. By the way, the other source I didn't want to say at the beginning was Dan, Daniel Wozniak is my friend.com. No way. It's an anonymous blog written by one of Dan's friends, as you can imagine. 
Dan is still in touch with him or her, and he shares a lot of Dan's letters on the blog. Apparently, Dan approves of this blog, and the person behind it's going to write a book or something. It's very weird, but he does have, you know, a lot of details. Wait, of, of Dan's writing? We're creating a book out of Dan, what Dan has to say? I think the case, I think it's going to be pretty much just blog and book form. If you go to it, he talks about everything. Yeah, Dan's letters are in there, um, and then, you know, just the facts. I don't care what he has to say. Tim Wozniak, Dan's brother, was arrested for accessory after the fact, but testified against Dan, so he only got three years probation. A very short time later, he was arrested for domestic violence. He had punched and bit his girlfriend at the time. Ew. So he's God. a mud. And he seems to have been in and out of jail a lot. They're just really bad seeds, those two. Stay yeah. away from the Wozniaks. That's the war cry of the neighborhood. <laughs> sure. Y'all aren't going to that house, kids. Yeah, you're not allowed to hang out with those boys. Those boys are bad news. They're bad news bears. In 2012, Dan's fiance, Rachel Buffett, who, by the way, was a former Disneyland princess, mm -hmm. was also charged with accessory after the fact. Police alleged that she lied to them to help cover up for Dan by corroborating some of his statements, especially the one about seeing the unknown man. They did ask her for comfort. I mean, she said that, too. And then they're like, well, he admitted to lying about that. So you did, too. Right. During Dan's trial, the Costa Mesa police lieutenant testified that he believed Rachel played a much larger role and even said, quote, in my opinion, she should be sitting next to Mr. Wozniak right now. <gasps> oh, there's a 10-episode podcast about this case called Sleuth, where the host interviewed friends of Dan and Rachel, including one ex-boyfriend of Rachel's who said one drunken night, Rachel mistook him for Dan and said, I told you to burn the body. Like, she was just wasted. And I was like, <gasps> Dan! And when you see... What? Yeah, when you... Which, you know... Uh, try to be unbiased but like when you listen yeah. to the jailhouse phone calls and all that like she's not shocked by anything they they bring her down to the station they're like your fiance just confessed to murder and she's like uh-huh like she's just i'm like you oh, knew. really i feel like obviously when, knew i feel like when i mean it's been forever then i first heard this story clearly i don't remember shit about it but i thought i remembered her being shocked but i guess not yeah she just he kind of hinted to confessing during the phone call. So maybe she could have genuinely not be shocked. But like all these details come out. She just very clearly knew, especially since she lied about the guy. She definitely knew after the fact, which yeah. is what she's saying. She's saying that's true. So she God. drunkenly told this guy, I told you to burn the body. That's never been validated by police that he said that on that podcast, though. In December 2012, she made her $50,000 bail, which allowed her to be free until her trial. During that time, she went on Dateline and Dr. Phil proclaiming her innocence. Trial started in 2018, and her defense claimed that she was manipulated by Dan. She was found guilty and sentenced to 32 months in prison and was released in 2019. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. she had any jail time. Yeah. Obviously, Dan is still in prison where he'll be forever. But as we touched on last week, in 2019, Governor Gavin Newsom imposed a moratorium on executions. That eliminated or delayed the death penalty for over 700 inmates on death row, including Dan. California technically does still have the death penalty because prosecutors can still seek it. But as noted, it's very, very rare. They have not executed someone in like 17 years. Yeah, since 2006. Yeah. 
in 2021, Dan was transferred from San Quentin to a lower security prison because of his participation in the condemned inmate transfer pilot program, which allows death row inmates to participate in rehabilitation and work programs to pay restitution. But <sighs> technically, he's still on death row, I believe. So that's the story, sad story, of Sam Hur and yeah. Julie Kuruishi. Mm -hmm. he, he fought for our country, got murdered, and then got pegged as a murderer by this right. asshole. I know. And poor Julie, who's like, literally, wrong place, wrong time, collateral damage. God. I know. He totally played on her just being a good friend. Yeah. But she she could have easily been like, no, I don't want to. I'm going to bed. I don't care. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Which is exactly what I would have done. I'm not that good of a friend. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> Midnight. God. Midnight's late, dog. <laughs> Good job. Thanks, y'all. Thank y'all so much. You are the best. People are the, the worst. worst. Bye. Bye.